Good evening. My name is Karen Nutt, Director of Child Development Services with the Braille Institute. I'd like to welcome you to the Dr. Bill Telephone Series. The Telephone Series is an educational program focusing on pediatric eye conditions for parents, teachers, and other professionals working with young children with visual impairment. The topics presented should not be considered a medical or educational consultation, but information to help us better understand pediatric eye conditions. Tonight's topic is on albinism and the effects of albinism on vision. So, Dr. Bill? Oh, thank you very much, Karen. Appreciate that. And I want to thank all of you for attending this lecture tonight because I know that you all could be watching the all-star baseball game and having a great time. But uh, I guess that you're very interested in learning about some of these different types of eye conditions. Well, tonight we're going to talk about albinism. And albinism is something that a lot of people have heard of, but most people truly are not aware of what albinism does to the eyes and how it affects vision. You know, for many, many years now, I have been working with children, and one of the more common causes of vision impairment among children is albinism. Now, albinism basically means that there's not the normal amount of pigment and so there are some people who have albinism, and it might affect their skin. So their skin is very, very pale, very, very white. And for others, it affects their skin and their hair. So you might look at somebody who's, uh, say, an Asian person, and then you notice... Wow, his hair is totally white, and the skin is really white. That is really a different-looking thing there, you know? And then in other cases, it's going to affect the eyes, the hair, and the skin. And that is usually the most common situation where it does affect the eyes, the hair, and the skin. Now, the way that a baby is developed is that there is material inside the baby's body, and this material is called genes. You know, we've all heard about how we have genes, and we inherit one set of genes from our father and one set of genes from our mother, and when those genes come together, it is going to produce proteins. And we need all of these proteins for the body to grow. And these proteins are also involved in different types of chemical reactions. And these chemical reactions are very important for the development of the structures of the body 
and for the development of our brain and the development of the organs of the body. So when we look very carefully at the cellular structure at a very tiny, tiny level, we see that it is these genes that really controls how we grow and how we develop. And it is, in fact, true that the genes that you inherit from your parents, they really affect many parts of your life. Now, a lot of people will say, yeah, you know, I can't believe it. I look so much look like my mom. I, I, I don't know. Everybody always tells me I look like my mom. Or people also say, wow, you know, your body type is just like your dad. You're very, very muscular. And then other times people will say, hey, you know what? You are just like your dad. You are a really good athlete. You're a great soccer player. You're excellent at riding skateboards. You are really good at playing basketball. And it is, in fact, true that these genes that you have, they do control how you perform. They do control how strong are your muscles, how quick are your muscles, how quickly can your brain think. So all of these things are, in fact, affected by the genes. And you must also remember that the foods that you consume, the drinks that you drink, the air that you breathe, all of these things do impact your genes. So you want to try to really take care of yourself and you want to make certain that you try to eat healthy foods that you try not to drink too much alcohol, that you try to reduce a lot of the coffee and the caffeine that you drink, and that you protect your body from the harmful rays of the sun and that type of radiation. One thing that a lot of people don't realize is that the ultraviolet radiation and the violet light from the sun, when that comes down and hits our skin, it actually damages the cells of the skin. And this is why there's a lot of people who work outdoors for a very long time that they develop skin cancer. And this is why we tell people, if you are going to work outside, you wear different types of sun protection. you got to get the sunscreen and rub it in. And there is a difference to what type of sunscreen. We also tell people, you'll see a lot of people who are working in the direct sun 
and it could be 110 degrees out there. And you see these guys are wearing long sleeve shirts, long sleeve pants. They got a hat that's covering their face. And that's because this type of clothing also filters out a lot of that type of radiation that could cause skin cancer. So these are some of the things that you want to do. Now, let's talk about, first of all, how is it that these genes in your body, how they control the development of your eye? Well, the genes that are in your body, they do have proteins and they control the formation of proteins. So when your mom and your dad, when they get together and they each donate a cell to you, these particular cells have the genes that are going to direct how tall you're going to be. How strong are you going to be? What are you going to look like? Are you going to be able to sing? Are you going to be a fast runner? All of these things are there and involved in the genes. And for a lot of young people, you know, it's so cool. They want to go out with their friends and smoke cigarettes. Maybe they want to smoke marijuana. They want to drink some hard alcohol. But these types of things, they damage your gene. And when your genes are damaged, that will affect how your baby is developing. And we see this many, many times where young people, they have their first child and their child is born with birth defects. What's happened here? Why why does this baby only have one arm? What happened to it? Well, these types of genetic defects, they do affect how the baby is developed. They affect the way your skin of your body is going to develop. If there is a genetic problem, your child could have the albinism. And that will mean that your child's skin is going to be lighter in color. It doesn't have enough of the coloration or the pigment that protects the cells of the skin from the sun rays. It's also really interesting. There's more research 
And we have found now that the violet radiation that comes from your computer screen, the violet light from your computer screen, that comes into the eyes and we now know that it can damage your eyes. So we're telling the young kids, hey, wait a minute. You can't just play video games all day long and sit in front of the TV all day. That's too much violet color light. And that is something that can damage your eyes permanently. So one of the things that we do now is that if kids are playing video games or if we see people who have albinism and the albinism, it has affected their eyes, we're going to recommend that they wear special glasses that filter out the violet radiation. So if you are going to play video games, that's all right, but wear your glasses. If you're going to be on a computer, wear your glasses. If you're going to be on your phone for a long time just looking at the screen, we want you to wear your glasses. The good thing, though, is that now we have something that can protect the eyes. And one year ago, just one year ago, we didn't have this. It wasn't available. It's something new. So we also know that if a person has albinism, it could affect the coloration of your hair. We see a lot of people with albinism that they like their hair color. And others will tint their hair a little bit. And others will tint it a lot. Whatever looks good on you is what you should do. But when it comes to the eyes, albinism can have very significant impact on the eyes. The first thing is that when you look at yourself in the mirror and you see the colored part of your eyes, that is called the iris. Okay, so for my eyes, I'm Asian, so the colored iris of my eyes is brown. You'll see some people, the colored iris of their eyes is blue. Others, it's sort of a green. And what we know is that when people have albinism, the colored iris of their eye is not as dark as it should be. And for example, one of my friends, he is African American. He has eight brothers and sisters, and it happens to be that two of his brothers and sisters have albinism. 
And when you look at them, you immediately notice their eyes. Their eyes are not dark brown in color, but it's almost like a golden color. It is so beautiful. It looks so good. And even though it is something that is very attractive, when the iris doesn't have the full amount of color, light could travel through the iris. And that causes people with albinism to be bothered by glare. They might say, you know, when I go outside and it's really bright, oh gosh, it hurts. Or sometimes maybe I go to a Dodger game and all the lights from the stadium, they're just so bright. And so people who have albinism, they very often will benefit from wearing tinted sunglasses. And you could wear any color tinted sunglass, and it will help to protect your eyes. Sunglasses do not have to be hundreds of dollars to protect your eyes. Maybe you've heard of things such as Oakley or Ray-Ban, and you could find these at the swap meet. You could get a pair probably for 30 to $40, and these are really, really good sunglasses. And we would recommend, if you're going to go out to the beach where it's very sunny, or maybe you're going to go skiing out to the snow. All the whiteness of the snow makes it hard on your eyes. So you can wear your sunglasses, and that is going to protect your eyes. There are some people that they don't really listen to us really well, and we tell them, hey, you know, I know you like surfing, you live in Hawaii, or you go skiing all the time out in the snow. But when you're doing these sports and you're outside, you have to wear these sunglasses. I want you to wear these sunglasses so that you don't damage your eyes further. And these kids, a lot of times, you know, they're teenagers they don't listen. And they come back when they're older, 20 years old, 21, and we could measure that they've lost a lot of vision. And the reason that they lost their vision is because the sunlight damaged their eyes. And if you were to say, what is something good for everybody, everybody in the world to do? It doesn't matter if you have albinism or not. I would say, wear sunglasses when you're outside. That is something that can protect your eyes. I remember for myself, you know, the very first time that I went to Hawaii. 
It was after my wife, June, and I, we had our kids. We've never been to Hawaii before. Uh, let's go on a vacation. And I could not believe it. It was so bright in Hawaii. It was so different than Los Angeles. The sky, the air, it's so clear that everything is brighter. So we all bought sunglasses, and we were all being cool wearing sunglasses. But I think if you are going to go to Hawaii, you need to take sunglasses. Take a hat. Because there'll be times that it really is very, very helpful. If you are going to be at the beach, or maybe you like to go snow skiing, these sunglasses that wrap around, those are really good for your eyes because they filter the light going into your eyes from the sides. So you might want to buy a pair of Oakley sunglasses. And they look cool, but they really do make a difference. And they will really help you when you're driving in that real bright light. Now, another thing that happens when people have albinism is that the genes also tells the eye to make a tissue inside your eyeball. And this tissue is called the retina. Now, the retina, it's very interesting. It is like the movie screen when you go to the movies. It lines the inside of your eye. And the retina, it has... Millions of cells. Millions. And these cells are the cells that enable us to see. Now, there's two types of cells. In the very center of the retina, there are what are called the cone cells. And the cone cells are the cells that give you the ability to see small details. And it gives you the ability to see colors. So when you're at the beach and you see somebody who's kind of good looking over there, you move your eyes so that you're using your cone cells and you could see what that person looks like. Now, in people who have albinism, the gene is not normal, and as a result, people with albinism, they do not have the normal number of cone cells. They have a lot of cone cells, but they don't have the full amount. So as a result, people with albinism... They cannot see small things from real far away as people who have perfect vision. Now, 
this is something that is very, very important and that we keep our attention on this. The research that is being performed done right now is such that there are retina transplants. You could take the cone cells from another person and transplant it into the eye of a person who has albinism. And this is something that in the short future, it is going to be changing the lives of many, many people with vision problems. They will be receiving this transplant of these cells, and it will sharpen their vision. It will also improve their color vision. You know, maybe they could see all the colors right now, but when they get this transplant of cells, they won't believe how colorful things look. And we have already have had patients who have suffered from severe injuries. They were in car accidents and their car blew up, damaged their eyes, damaged their body. And we have seen the ophthalmologist transplant these types of cells in their eyes and it has restored their vision. So that is really, really, really exciting news. Now there's a lot of people who do have the albinism and they say, you know, Hey, Dr. Bill, can you do anything to allow me to drive a car? I, I want to get a driver's license. Now, it depends in what state you live in. But, for example, like here in California where we are, there are laws that say that if we could improve your vision by using a tiny telescope. If we could improve your vision to a specific level, you could then take the driver's test. And if you pass it, you're able to drive. And of all the different types of conditions that I have worked with over all the years that I've been an eye doctor now, uh, people who have the albinism, they respond the best. They are the ones who pass and get their driver's licenses most often. So these types of glasses are called telescopic glasses. And a lot of people would say, well, gosh, how expensive are they? You know, they do range anywhere from 
$500 to $2,500. But the good thing is that in almost all states of the United States, Medi-Cal insurance, Medicaid insurance, they will pay for it. You could come into my office and I would write a letter to Medicaid and I would tell them how these glasses improve your vision and how these glasses would allow you to see the chalkboard at school, that these glasses would allow you to drive, that these glasses would allow you to do all sorts of different things. And they will pay for these. So that is also really very, very helpful. Another thing that happens with albinism is that children and adults with albinism, their eyes will often shake from side to side. Or sometimes it shakes up and down. And this shaking of the eyes is called nystagmus, N-Y-S-T-A-G-M-U-S. Now, you could imagine if you were holding onto a television camera and you had to film a scene for a movie, but your body is just shaking and shaking and shaking and the camera is shaking and shaking and shaking. That picture would be kind of blurry if your camera is shaking so much. So one of the things that we want to do is we want to work with children who have the nystagmus. We want to do it as early as possible in life. And the consultants that are on the call here from the Braille Institute, they will go to the homes and work with these kids. And with most of these kids, the shaking of the eyes will improve. In some cases, not all cases, but in some cases, the shaking will even go away. And so when the shaking gets better like that, these patients will see better. But we also have another really nice thing that we could do is that we could fit these children and adults with nystagmus, fit them with a contact lens. And we also will tint the lens so that things don't look too bright. And that type of contact lens, it can reduce the nystagmus. So overall, there are many, many, many different types of things that we could do to help children who have the albinism. We have glasses that can improve how clearly they see. 
I remember one boy, he loved baseball. He loved everything about baseball. And he came in and he asked me, he says, Dr. Bill, is there anything you could do to help me to play baseball? The Little League, they won't let me sign up because they say I don't see well enough. They said because I have the albinism, they won't let me play. And I said, well, we could take care of things like this. And so we fit him with a contact lens. He wasn't bothered by the bright light anymore. We fit him with a telescopic glasses. We put him out in center field. He could see everything that was going on at home plate. And he invited me to his first game. He was so happy. He was so happy to be out there at the field. And when they called his name to come up to bat, he looked at me through his telescope. I could see him looking at me, and I gave him a thumbs up, and he thumbs up me back. And I'm not making this up. The first pitch, he hit it over the fence, home run. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I was so happy. He was so happy. His parents were so happy. Everybody watching the game, they were so happy. They just couldn't believe it. After the game, he came up and he says, Dr. Bill, thank you for all the stuff you did for me. I I never thought I was going to be able to play baseball. And I even hit my first home run. And I, I, I am so happy. And I said, well, you know what? We got to get your team. We got to go all out and let's go have pizza. I'm going to take your whole team out for pizza. So we went out for pizza and the families and everybody came. Everybody was so happy. And during lunch, everybody kept asking me, hey, can you fit me with a pair of glasses like that too? I want to hit a home run too. <laughs> it was really, truly, truly wonderful. So overall... What I want you to know is that there are conditions that children are born with, and these conditions are caused by genetics. We're getting to the point where we could identify if mom or dad has a bad gene. And we're getting a point where we could do different types of genetic work and to minimize the risk that the child is going to inherit the bad gene. And there is even more research where even if 
a child has a damaged retina because of albinism, we have treatments that could give even more vision. I'd say in the next five years, I'm going to expect that this is going to be open to all the adults and kids who need this kind of transplant. So even though it may be a little bit frustrating that you have inherited these genes or that your child has inherited these genes, but the good news is that all of these advances in medical technology make it so that these types of problems don't have to be a real problem. And we also have major advances in computer technology. We have cell phone technology. We got the Apple Watch technology. There's so much technology that helps people with low vision that this doesn't really have to be a problem. So at this time, I'd like for you, if you do have a question, any question would be fine, unmute your phone by pressing star six. And just go ahead and introduce your your first name, and you can ask a question. Does anybody out there have a question? Yes, this is Omar. I have a question. Hey, Omar. Yes, go right ahead. So that uh, retina transplant that you were speaking about, how you were saying it in five years, what what would be a cost estimate of something like that would be? Of course, it's probably, I mean, if it's not ready for, you know, in five years, if it'll be ready for the mass public, I'm, I don't know if they would have something like that determined, but... Um, yes, that's a really a very, very intelligent question. The first thing, because you are my patient, I'm not going to let you have that particular surgery until we see that the technique, it is down pat. And I am not going to let you go to a surgeon other than anybody who is the best in this. And we would anticipate that, how old are you? 29. At that age, anything over 21, it will most likely be covered by Medicaid insurance, Medicare insurance, Medi Medi insurance, and there's going to also be other types of grants that are going to be paying for this. So I do not anticipate that you would be paying anything for this particular surgery. But if I had to guess... I would say the cost of this type of surgery is probably $50,000 per eye. 
pretty steep. <laughs> hey, but you know what? You take care of me with my aches and pains, okay? You do your kinesiology on me, and I'm going to hook you up with the best doctor. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, or or we're gonna we're gonna go out to lunch, all right? And then you are gonna buy me a hot dog, all right? <laughs> I'll take you to a baseball game too. <laughs> oh God! Hey, are you a baseball fan? Uh, honestly, not really. And I, th- I mean, uh, I would say a big part of it is just the difficulties of being able to follow the ball as well. So, like exactly. watching it on TV is a little bit more tolerable for me. But uh, and when I go, I mean, I've been to several baseball games before, and when I go, I just go to spend time with friends. I'm not even paying attention to that. <laughs> I just see where yeah. the people are running to and, and uh, and like, uh, you know, running the bases, not necessarily like the outfield trying to catch the ball. Because uh-huh. um, I've right. taken a monocular, and it's, uh, quite exhausting trying to follow that little ball in the air. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, you know, that's yeah. great. But I'll tell you, there are a lot of sports that are hard to enjoy when you have low vision. After mm-hmm. I became low vision, I realized, wow, it was a lot of work to try to follow the ball. And then my vision worsened, and I became legally blind. And, oh, it was impossible to see the ball at the baseball game, you know? So I think that for a lot of children, when you are born with a vision impairment, it is very difficult to become real, real interested in sports because it's so much work to see it. Mhm. Yeah, that's why uh, skateboarding gravitated. I gravitated toward it so much because it was a big uh, piece of wood under my feet. So that's something that I could uh, keep an eye on. <laughs> Did you, Dad and Mom, teach you how to skateboard? Because that's not an easy thing to learn to do. Uh, my brother, my brother did the, uh, like the starting point and then eventually I surpassed him and I had to kind of figure it out on my own. <laughs> um, but he helped me in the beginning. My brother was oh. a big part of the help in that. Oh, God, that's great. Hey, what do you, do you have another question? Uh, no, that's all that I had. Okay. Yeah, right. I am the mother. <laughs> I yes, have a question about the... <laughs> about the glasses that you mentioned for computers and TV, and if there is something that you can get any place? No. Any, no? No. You know, there are doctors that we could find a, a, a low-vision doctor in the corona area. Okay. And I could then talk to the doctor and tell the doctor what we need to do. So what okay. I'm thinking of is I will find out who's the best in low vision in the Corona. You're in Corona near Norco, like that? Yes, next to okay. it. <laughs> okay. 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 Riverside that can offer help as well. There's a doctor in Riverside? No, the Braille Institute in Riverside. Oh, okay, wonderful. Oh. 
Yeah, that's a great idea. Oh, because he, he used to belong to the Braille Institute, but the one in, in Rancho Mirage. Yes, there's one in Rancho, there's one in um, Coachella Valley, as well as Riverside. Oh, how I get the address from the Riverside? Um, hold oh, on. I, 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 go, I can Google it. I can Google it. Okay, okay. Okay, thank you. All right. How about Dad? Do you have any questions? No, thank you. <laughs> okay. How about does anybody else have any other questions or do you have any other comments of anything that you have observed uh, with people with albinism? You know, what I would say is that of most of the conditions that children will be born with, the children who have albinism generally have the highest level of vision. They have the most vision that they can do things very, very well. And when we see this particular type of transplant of the cone cells, that's going to be something that will be oh, so amazing. Now, does anybody else have any other questions? And Karen, do you have any other announcements that need to be made for the Braille Institute? Um, we are ha we are sponsoring Child Development Month in August, and oh. so we have a speaker series on Tuesdays in August from four to five p.m. And the information is on the Braille Institute website, and. Um, I will be sending out information to everyone regarding that. Now, is that going to be an event that the families will come to the Braille Institute? Or no, it's all online. It's all online. Oh, nice. Oh, that's very, very good. Okay. It's on a Tuesday, and do you know what time? It will be Tuesdays um, starting August 3rd um, from 4 to 5 p.m. And our oh. first, um, the first one will be Diane Christian and Tori Schladen um, from... That's me. Yeah, that's you. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> Partners Dr. for Pediatric Vision. Hi. So they're first up. So, um, so we're oh, really excited great. about um, Child Development Month. So. Okay, so that means in every Tuesday... In August, there will be a lecture? Yes. Oh, very, very good. And will it be recorded so if some families yes, still are working? all sessions will be recorded. You know, the only thing that I don't like about it is that, that we won't have any cake and punch then if we can't all meet together, huh? Maybe I'll send you some, Dr. Bill. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> And Dr. Christian, I would like to ask you, do you have any comments or any any information you'd like to share this evening? Um, about albinism or anything in general? Uh, anything in general. 
Um, I, in terms of albinism, I think you're absolutely right. Um, you know, it's a pretty stable diagnosis, and there's lots of technology out there that will help your child um, be successful in whatever they would like to do. Um, photophobia, being really sensitive to the light, is really important. We should make sure it's glasses, hats, yeah. stuff like that. And, um, and the other thing is, is if um, your child is having problems wearing a hat or sunglasses at school, a letter from your eye doctors can help, and they can incorporate it as part of the IEP so that they shouldn't have any problems wearing that. Um, in terms oh. of things in general, you know, we love working with the Berlin Institute to provide services to families, and we're here to help as much as we can. Oh, thank you so much. I know all the staff from Braille, they're really, really very special. They are. I'm, it's an honor to work with them. Well, does anybody else have any other questions or any other statements that you'd like to make? Thank you for the presentation and the good news. Yes, thank you all for joining us, and we will then talk to you next month. Good night, everybody.